Welcome to the Church Intention Podcast, powered by the King's University and Gateway Church. This is a place to have healthy conversations about areas of tension in the church and the intentions of the church. To dive deeper into the conversation and for more content, visit churchintention.com. Now let's join the King's University President, Dr. John Chesteen, for this episode of Church Intention. Well, hey, thanks so much for taking a minute out of your day to check out today's episode of the Church Intention podcast, the podcast where we talk about the local church and the the, the intentions of it, but also the tensions of it. And so today I have a couple of really awesome guests, a couple of pastor friends of mine, and I'm excited about today's episode. Before we get into it, I need you to do me a quick favor. Uh, at the end of this podcast, or even right now, get on there and give us a like, uh, give us some stars, five stars, preferably give us some comments that helps us get more and more reach for the podcast. Also, if you enjoy this podcast, please uh, consider taking a screenshot of it, put it on your social media page, uh, give us a shout out. We would love uh, to be connected with you in those ways. Today's episode is going to be directed towards pastors. I know many of you listening may not be pastors, but it's going to be awesome for you to get into the brain of a pastor and to see what we wrestle with, uh, particularly today on the topic of what we're facing in the world uh, as the church with COVID, uh, with the racial tensions happening in our nation, in an election season, just all of the things happening uh, in our world obviously impacts the church, which impacts the pastor. And today I've got a couple of really awesome pastors with me. They're, they're great friends of mine. Uh, the first one is Garrett Booth. Garrett Booth pastors is the senior pastor of an amazing church in Houston called Grace Church. Uh, and his wife, Andrea, is some of Michelle and I's dearest friends. We love them so much. Uh, Garrett has a master's degree from the King's University, and we're excited about that. We're in the process of forgiving him for going to Southeastern on his D-Men, but that's okay, Garrett. We're, we forgive you. We love you. And then we also have uh, my close friend, Ethan Fisher, and uh, we're excited to have him on the podcast. He is the pastor of an amazing church that's planted in Houston, uh, Gateway Church, uh, which is a plant from Gateway in South Lake. Ethan and his uh, wife, Elaine, are amazing leaders, and I wanted to gain the perspective of a church planter, because I know we have church planters out there who are in the process of planting a church during these times. Of all the times to plant a church, Ethan, what a great time. <laughs> what a fun time to plant a church. Uh, but we're excited to have you on the podcast. Also, he is in the middle of his MDiv, getting his master's degree of divinity at the King's University as well. Guys, Garrett, you, maybe you go first so you guys aren't talking over each other. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Yeah, man, what a great opportunity. Obviously, uh, we love you and Michelle and everything that's going on with uh, the Kings and uh, just enjoy and appreciate our longstanding friendship. And it's been a lot of years since uh, we met each other in that hallway one day Yes, and just shared about what it's like to be a pastor, which kind of is the outgrowth of even this podcast. You know, a couple of right. pastors just talking about what it means to do what we do. So That's grateful 100%. for you. Thanks for the opportunity to be on with you and to connect again with you, Ethan. So uh, yeah. great to be here. Ethan, man, we're so excited you're on the podcast, man. We're cheering for you. God's doing some amazing things uh, through Gateway Houston, and I'm pumped you're on the show. Yeah, no, I'm, we're happy to be here. Obviously, we're down in Houston, but I want to say thank you. It's an honor to be here. Love what you do, what you're doing. Obviously, we just moved down here, so we got the chance to connect. 
yeah. a couple of times while I was in Dallas, Fort Worth, and I love TKU, love the direction that it's going in, and also this podcast. I know Church Intention is always going to be a big thing that pastors are going through, leaders are going through. So what you're doing right now and investing in leaders is is key and it's crucial and it's needed during this time. So thank you very much. Thanks so much, man, for saying that. Guys, today's conversation I've been anticipating and looking forward to so much uh, because I think there's a lot of pastors out there who kind of feel isolated. And one of the greatest joys of me in pastoring a church and one of the things that gives me a lot of freedom is to be able to call a Garrett or another pastor friend of mine on a Monday morning, right? And just say, hey, this is what I'm struggling with. This is what our church is going through. What about you? And just to hear another pastor, you know, it's kind of like we kind of cry in our milk together, <laughs> but it really does help a pastor to say, I'm not the only one wrestling with this. And so there's so much going on right now. Uh, I don't know how much time we have, but I can't wait to jump into this. So let me just jump in real quick. Uh, first off, Ethan, man, you've planted a church in the middle of a crisis and going from yeah. like as if planting a church isn't hard enough and then to go into to this season. So what is it that you guys are walking through right now? What are some of your greatest challenges right now? That puts it on your heart to plant a church. And it was a three-year journey for us to get to the place where we stepped out to come to Houston. So like we were supposed to come out 2019, did the whole launch thing, walked it up to a year. And on January 26th of 2020, we launched. Wow. And it was exciting. I mean, there were, for our first service, 750 people, a little over that. And even in the coming weeks, so we were averaging over 400 plus. So God, wow. was, God was moving. Many lives were getting changed. People getting saved. We obviously were excited. And then seven weeks in, all of that changed. Surprise. Uh, pretty drastically. <laughs> exactly. I'd always joke and I'd just say, no one ever put it in their church training or church planning training manuals what it, what to do whenever a pandemic hits seven weeks after you launch. Ever. So we literally in the throes of that. So for us, I mean, it was, we had to change pretty much everything. And I know everyone did, but for us, we didn't even have online capability. Um, The only reason we had a camera that really wasn't capable of streaming, but the only reason we had it was so that we could record it for the people who worked in children's or areas where they weren't able to come to the service. So it was really only for our volunteers. So we had to totally switch gears. And there were some people in here that were crucial for us. And actually, Garrett was one of those people. Um, he actually does call me on Monday and uh, he, we talk and he's like, hey, I'm a, I'm a safe place for you to talk and just share, hey, what's going on within the church. Hmm. But I love the one thing that I've seen is the kingdom mindedness of churches yes. during this time, because with where we were with church planning, um, we lost our building. So the school was done. Like we had to basically uh, vacate the premises, temporarily suspended, and they're still suspended actually to this day. Wow. So uh, Garrett actually reached out and said, Hey, if there's anything that you guys need, y'all are family. So worship wise and even message wise, We've used their facility while we were trying to get the capability to be able to even stream online in the first place. So, but, so we got a couple of cameras. Uh, we even had to have some volunteers come in and do it because once again, we didn't even have that in what we were doing on a consistent basis. So, I mean, there was, per- there were personnel decisions that needed to be made. Um, but even to this day, we're still, the school is still, like I said, not allowing us in. So we don't, officially have a location to meet on a consistent basis. Hmm. Um, but we've had the opportunity now as I've connected with other churches in the area, we're going to be able to rent uh, a church building 
will actually take care of the load in, load out part for us. Uh, but this Saturday, August 22nd, um, we're actually going to be able to enter back into having services on Saturdays. So wow. not even Sunday. So we're in uncharted territory wow. as a whole, as a church plant. You're in that world. Um, but leading a congregation through that when you only have seven weeks in person and then oh 23 weeks since then online. Wow. It's been it's been a whole new world to keep people engaged and different things like that. So uh, those challenges are fresh and they're new and keeping team morale high. I mean, there's so many different pieces to it. Um, so it's weighty. It's weighty. Wow. It's different from what I was doing before stepping into this role and just dealing with everything that's unplanned. So. I love what you hit on about it, about it really causing the kingdom to kind of come together. You know, after 9-11, we saw it being a unifying force. It brought the nation together. And then this season with COVID, the the racial tension in our nation has almost been polarizing. It's been very dividing. However, within the body of Christ, it seems like it's brought us together. I feel like I feel like I've talked to more pastors in the past six months than I've talked to in the last six years. And and I love to hear like a Garrett is is reaching out to another pastor in his own city and and loving and encouraging. Uh, Garrett, talk about that. Like, how's that been just being, uh, do you think that this has been a unifying thing for pastors in the body of Christ? Yeah, I I think anytime you face a, a problem that is unusual and big, it causes you to, to rethink. And so I, I, here's what I would say. Crisis clarifies our commitment. So, yeah. Um, when we're, you know, it's one thing to say we're committed to the kingdom of God, but here's how you know when a crisis hits, what do you do? Yes. Because crisis clarifies, clarifies our commitments, our values, shows what we really believe in. And when you're up against a pandemic, you know, it just can't be business as usual. So, so the question is, what do you do? And I think that I really believe that the heart of, of almost every pastor is that not just my church, but uh, the church of Jesus is growing everywhere, reaching people everywhere. You know, if the water level goes up, all the boats float higher Mm -hmm. and to have that kind of a kingdom mindset is, um, is so important. And here's how it's lived out. It's lived out in sharing what we have. You know, hey, we have a facility. You don't have a facility. You can use our facility. We have equipment that you don't have. You yes. can use our equipment. We can come together as the church of the city, and we can stock the food bank. And together, we can, you know, fill up the blood bank. And together, we can do some things that none of us could do on our own because the truth is we're really part of something that's bigger than any of us individually. And I think um, one of the things about a crisis is it reminds us of that part of something bigger. That's so good. I love I love the thought there. Hey, I want to get really, really, really blunt and specific on a couple of things, because I think there's a lot of pastors out there who are getting their stat sheet every Monday morning on their offerings, on their attendance, on their online attendance. And there's weeks where they're having, you know, panic attacks. There's weeks where they're like, yes, we're on top of the world. And then the very next week, it's like, no, this is the worst day ever. And so, you know, you don't have to get specific guys, but, but let's talk about what those rhythms have been for you and your church and how you process those things. Like when you get a bad offering on a Sunday morning, 
you know, we've heard it said that every Monday the senior pastor fires himself and then Tuesday he hires himself back. And Mondays are like that for me. You know, Mondays are a day where you're emotionally spent. Uh, you're exhausted. You've poured your heart out in a sermon with your emotions. And then sometimes you get a bad report on a Monday and you're thinking, oh my gosh, I can't pour any more of myself out into this church. And and then I then I get that report. What do I do with that? So like maybe Garrett, you go first. How do you process those things? If you want to give some some rhythms of your church and what you've seen happening in the past six months, you can. Uh, but how do you process those things? Well, I, I think for us and and for a lot of pastors that I'm connecting with, um, very few churches are up on any metric. Right. So since the pandemic, so since COVID hit, finances are tighter. Um, you know, obviously if the church isn't meeting in person, there's a lot that we value and, and, and kind of count and keep up with that has to do with being in person. When you're not in person, you don't have any of that. And so I think churches are scrambling to try to figure out what's the new normal and, and, and what do we do and how do we see it and how do we do more ministry with less resource? You know, that's a challenge too. And so, um, so, you know, in a lot of places, uh, you're finding out who has been, you know, stewarding and saving up and, and who hasn't. And, um, and when things are tight and difficult and you face one of these times, uh, this is why uh, we're challenged to be really good stewards. Mm. Uh, because we want to have some margin and some ability because the thing is, this is the time where people need us the most. Yeah. So in a moment when people need us the most, we're trying to do the most ministry with less resources than we ever have. That's so we good. have to be creative yep. and we have to be good stewards and we have to be uh, wise about that. And we can't count the things we used to count. Yes. So I think that, um, that for me, uh, that means, making adjustments. And that means, um, looking for what kind of the new normal is and what's the new need. We felt like in our church that, um, that what was most important in a time where people are so disconnected and in our case, in our city for a while, they were stuck in their homes and stuff like that, that we connected with people personally. So we took the list of every person who has attended our church is a pretty long list. And we broke it up and we personally phone called everybody Yeah, because we just felt like that was a need that was at the top of the list for that kind of uh, scenario and situation. And so I think it's causing us to reflect and think about what's really most important and, and how do we do it? But I'd be lying if I told you there weren't Mon I didn't have Mondays too. I mean, all of us <laughs> do. And I think as pastors, it's like, and we don't even know how, we don't even know what the scoreboard is right now. Right. How do you know exactly. if you're winning or not? Yeah. It's because it, the game is totally changed on us. Yeah. You know, the, the sidelines are different. The end yeah. zone is different. We don't even know which way we're to go on the field. And so, um, all of us are kind of muddling through that confusion. But I think if we keep our eye on the ball of reaching people, what can we do to reach people and connect with people and, and be a, a value add to their life, yeah. then, then we're moving in the right direction. And however that looks, and right now for a lot of churches, that's online ministry yeah. combined with maybe some other things and, um, and, you know, using technology and trying to leverage that as well. So, you know, Ethan, I, 
uh, got a question for you. I was talking to Dr. Kenneth Ulmer um, last week. He pastors a church in LA. He's a little over 70 years old, uh, African-American mm-hmm. church, just an amazing leader. And he, he was talking to me and he, 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 he said this phrase, he said, Moses saw further than he could go, but Joshua went further than he could see. And he was kind of saying, I'm, he's saying, my generation is Moses, John, and we've taken the church as far as we can take it. And now Joshua, the next generation, has to come and lead into a promised land that we don't even know. <laughs> we have no idea where we're going. And you alluded to it a while yeah. ago, these uncharted territories that we're called to walk into. And you're a young pastor. You're a young leader. Like, and I, and I want all three of us to have this conversation, but what do we feel like? And I know it's a shot in the dark because nobody truly knows, but what does the church of tomorrow look like? I mean, that's a crazy loaded question, hard, hard to answer, but mm-hmm. is there anything that you feel like the Lord's telling you about what the church of tomorrow might look like? Yeah, I feel like as we planted, I mean, there was that clarity of, hey, who is God calling us to be? I think the church of tomorrow, the church of the future really is. I want to say diverse. I mean, it's every nation, every tribe, every tongue coming together. There's yeah. a diversity that's there. In the Houston area, that's a normal thing. But I feel like um, you've talked about it even briefly, the racial tensions that were happening. Mm-hmm. The churches that were diverse actually are able to have those conversations in a way that the churches aren't that aren't as diverse aren't able to have those conversations or they need to begin having those conversations. Um, so even from the very beginning, one of the things that we constantly heard was, I love that this church is diverse. I feel like I can belong. And it was very simple. It was very easy. And I believe diversity actually allows the church to speak into an issue that the world is trying to solve, but they're not capable of solving because they don't have Jesus unifying them. And now they can't, they aren't, they don't see themselves as one, but in Jesus, we are one. And I think it's important for the church to be able to um, aim for that direction and say, and be a light in that way. Uh, I think the other part is care. Uh, one of the things that we focused on, I think it's easy to begin to be insider focused whenever crisis ha- hits. Um, but we wanted to do our best to be outsider focused because even with giving, um, it was high for several months for us and it kind of tapered off yep. um, even to this day. And I believe as we begin meeting again, people will begin to kind of come out of it a little bit. But I think the important thing is, just like Garrett mentioned, we called every single person um, that was here and we're actually doing it again. Um, because so much is happening in their lives. We've been able to help out different members that have needed um, care. They needed food. They've lost their jobs. Uh, someone has had COVID. So, I mean, there's so many different things that are moving. So care has to be very high yeah. and there need to be different touch points. Um, even for us during this time, groups was huge. Um, so community for the church is going to be vital. Uh, loneliness will become an epidemic and you're even seeing it with what's happening. Alcoholism has gone up. Um, Drug use has gone up. Suicides, unfortunately, have gone up. I mean, divorces, I mean, that you can go down the line as far as what's happening during this season. Uh, people are crying out for hope uh, because they're hopeless. Yeah. Um, so we can be able to speak into that and actually give them a place where there's hope. So for us, we didn't have groups, so we started them. And that actually created a really high level of engagement. And mm-hmm. I think really that is what we're trying to do, create as much engagement points. Um, which is why we did outreaches, which is why we connected with the food bank. We want to help people see, hey, during these times of crisis, we can always have an outward focus because that's the way Jesus would look, is to have compassion on other people. Even in the midst of going through it ourselves, is to say, hey, what are other people going through so that we can be of help? And from the very beginning, we said progress over perfection for us. 
those words that God gave me at the very beginning. That's good. Uh, I didn't realize exactly what that was going to look like for us. Um, and we haven't been perfect in it. And situations haven't always been perfect either. Um, but I feel like what, me and the team, um, we come together and done our best to say, hey, where is God calling us to next in this season? Uh, because we need to call and bring other people along with us for the journey because they're also looking for hope and they're looking for a reason to have faith. Uh, and that the church can lead in that uh, perspective and really reach out and make a difference in their community and be yeah. a part of really building the kingdom. And if they can see unity, um, I think it flies in the face of what's happening in the world today where there's so much division, polarization. If the church can actually show unity and yeah. actually bring other people along with that and be peacemakers, which is what we're called to do, um, I, be- I believe people will begin to see the church in a different light. I love the um, the the differences even represented on this podcast. Ethan is a, a, a you and your wife um, have planted a church. It's a a new plant, and and you know the numbers you guys are seeing, you know, are just astronomically amazing for a church plant. But then you got Garrett on the other side, uh, talking about the future church. Those for the, for your listeners, uh, Garrett has an, an auditorium that seats 10,000 people. And so Garrett, are they coming back? Are they going to come back to church? That's the question in everybody's mind. You know, the church I pastor, we're seeing between 40 to 50% of our church coming back. I've seen across the spectrum. I know some pastors that have 20%, 25% coming back, some that have 30, some that have 35. Uh, Garrett, what does the church of tomorrow look like? Are the, is it going to look like it's been? Some of the needs that people have are never going to change. People have a need for community. People have a need to belong yep. to, to something. Um, people have a, a, a need to find faith and hope. And so, so those needs aren't going to change. Some of the way we do that may change. I think right now the barrier to most people for attending church in their community, um, it it has to do with COVID. Hmm. So, uh, does the world look different if you have a vaccine? Probably so. Even if not everybody takes the vaccine, You know, I think that when COVID becomes, and and most experts are saying at some point it is going to become like the flu in the national consciousness. Right. I think so when that happens, I think it'll have the same effect as the flu. And I think that um, schools reopening, you know, that's a big test for families. Yeah. So how that goes in a community, I think sets a lot of pace because if your kids are back in school and you're back at work and you're back eating out, you know what? you're probably back going to church and to whatever degree things, things shift back to not back to like they were, but to whatever degree things are open and people are engaging in, um, in those kind of activities, then I think the church is there as long as it's relevant and meeting people's needs and honoring God. And I think that when we do those things, you know, there we go. I mean, obviously in our case, uh, we're seeing right now about 35% yeah. attendance of where we were before. And that's, I would say you're a little bit above average yeah. from what I'm hearing from pastors in most places uh, where they're able to open and have services. You know, obviously in our case, there are some conditions. We need to be socially distanced. Um, there's uh, people wear masks when they come in. 
we're taking steps like that that our governors asked us to take yeah. um, to to try to remain safe. And so um, so things are different, but um, but I do think that the need is going to be there. And if the church can speak relevantly to the need and touch people where they are, then God's going to use it. Will there be some new creative things that come out of this? Man, I hope so. Yeah. Because we should never waste a crisis. Yeah. So I think this should cause us to find new and creative ways to, to do ministry um, and to do things that maybe we've never done before. Or even to some pastors on here, this may be a good time to let go of some things that you've been wanting to let go of. Yeah. but you haven't known how, just don't, just don't do them when you go back. This is a time where you can do, you can experiment, you can be creative, you can try things. And if it doesn't exactly. work, you know, Blame it on COVID. you can pivot, right? So, <laughs> so there's right. some positives, I think, to that kind of environment. But we're, we're seeing people come back and every week it's a little bit more yeah. and a little bit more and a little bit more. But I think it's probably without a major, you know, newsworthy change in what's happening, Assuming that things kind of continue at pace, I think it's going to be through Christmas before we really see um, people out and about in the same kind of way. Yeah, and every geographical area is different, right? I mean, one of the reasons we're seeing those larger numbers is because we're in Oklahoma. We're in Oklahoma City. We've been gathering as a church since May 17th, since Mother's Day. We've been having church. Whereas Houston, you guys were a hot pocket there for a while. You know, there was just a lot of cases, a little bit of outbreak, a church in New York City, a church in L.A. Everybody's going to see different results. And that's one of the dangers that pastors are really bad at doing sometimes is we compare ourselves to other churches. And especially during the season, it's just not something we can do. If it's legal, listen, it's legal for you to have church. Exactly. If you're in California right now. Exactly. You can't have church inside your church building. Okay, so we all, we've all seen John MacArthur and uh, his thing he's done in California. And, you know, there's those. It's such a polarizing topic. And I'd love to hear both your thoughts on this. And this is kind of a challenging question. But this is the Church Intention podcast, after all. So... You, we there's just the mask thing, the should we gather thing. It's such a dividing topic because you have two opposite camps. You have those who say, you know, we can't let the Babylonians hold us down. You know, the evil, the evil government, we're going to gather and they can't tell us we can't because it's our freedoms. And then you have the other camp uh, who is the complete opposite. We shouldn't meet again until the virus you know, until there's a vaccine or we're not being safe or we don't care about other people. You're killing people by having church. And it's such a dividing line that it's hard to know where the line is. And I think this is the weight that so many pastors have been feeling. And I know, Ethan, you're in the middle of feeling that you're at the time of us taping this. We're mid-August, a mm-hmm. little bit past the middle of August. This coming Sunday is your very first day to gather. And so you've wrestled with this very, very recently so how do you guys process these things and what are some of the, the, the these uh, things that you, that help you make these decisions and how far is the line, right? So if the government tells us we have to wear a mask versus they tell us we have to, you know, hire homosexual pastors in our churches, like where is the line? And and some would say, well, it's, it's just a mask. Who cares? It's not like they're telling us to do something that goes against our, our morality, or our, or our ethics. So what are y'all, what are y'all's thoughts on that? I know that's a loaded question. So whoever wants to go first. 
but obviously in America we have constitutional rights, and it's very important that those aren't infringed upon. Yeah, and I understand. I, I really understand that side. I, I believe that's important. Um, freedom means a lot, but freedom also comes responsibility. Uh, so as as a, our church, we process it, and obviously it's different sizes. So if you're a mega church, you may um, process this totally differently, and you may see your city in a way and say, "Hey, we're looking at the hospitalizations. We're looking at." ICUs are looking at deaths in our area, and we don't want to put the hospitals over if people do catch COVID in our church. We can spread it because we can be because of our size. Uh, so for us, we're talking about it from a church planning standpoint, where 25% of people that come back, we may be at 100 or so. An auditorium where we were and where we are even going is larger, so we can space people out pretty yeah, well. Yeah. We were actually originally going to come back July 19th, but the school said no because it, we saw that spike here in the Houston area. Yep. Uh, so for us, um, we have an even gateway in South Lake that said, hey, wear masks coming in. And once you're at your seat, take them off. And then when we're leaving again, uh, put them back on, please, and yeah. keep social distancing. So there's always wisdom in the middle of it all. And I think you do, at the end of the day, obviously God has called you to lead that particular church. Um, but you need to hear his voice. So pray about it. So John MacArthur may be on one end, but you have Andy Stanley on the other end who's saying, hey, the right. way we love our neighbor right. is to not even come back until 2021. Right. And so that is a shocker to some people, whereas John MacArthur is a shocker to other people. So it really is, hey, God's called us to lead. So how do we honor God and love God and also love our neighbors? And it's different wherever you are. Um, but I think you have to pray about it. You have to hear God and then use as much wisdom as possible um, as you walk it out. And I think that's that key. People need to give each other grace, though. And I think as pastors, we have to lead with that. I feel like so many people are being canceled and they're yelling at each other. And there's just so much division around things that really aren't life or death um, for the most part. Uh, But I think we need to be able to give each other grace during these times and say, hey, they may have a different perspective than I do. Um, And just because I disagree doesn't mean we can't be in a relationship and we can't love one another, uh, even if that means it needs to be at a distance during this time period, but people are fearful. And I think that's the thing you have to realize. It's not a matter of fear or faith. Uh, they may feel like, Hey, as of right now, I'll watch online. And some people are like, Hey, I'm gun ho. As soon as you open those doors, I'm in. Yeah. And they're upset that you're not meeting it. So I think you have to really pray here, God, and then step out with wisdom and put all the precautions in place. So when people do come through the doors, they feel comfortable. And we've, we've done that and we're ready for that. Whenever we come back this Saturday, so. That's really good. Garrett, what are your thoughts, brother? Well, I mean, so I think you have this specific instance of dealing with COVID, right, and how we should handle that. And I would just say to pastors and leaders, one, you you need to get educated about COVID, COVID in your area, and the reality of what's happening. So, like, for example, um, in Houston, you know, we had a spike of the virus and and there was a lot of talk about like ICU beds and are the ICU beds full and how many ICU beds are there. And, and, you know, most pastors, we don't have a lot of education on hospital administration, right? but, um, but, and, and, and the news is, you know, has a bias yeah. typically in that too. And so understanding the reality of, for example, hospitals build ICUs to stay at, about 90% full all the time yeah. because it's very expensive. An ICU yeah. bed and the peripheral equipment that goes with it costs an awful lot of money. So for 
to hear that the ICU is 90% full, that's a normal day. Wow. That's really and, good insight. And so, yeah. so understanding the lay of that land is a challenge for yeah. sure. And knowing where to get real information is a challenge. And I would just say every local church should navigate this and have the freedom to make their own choices about reopening or not reopening. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like church is an essential function. You know, if you can go to Walmart and you can go to Home Depot, you ought to be able to go to church. Right. And um, as long as it's done with Safely. the same yeah. precautions yeah. and safety protocols that the other things are done with. Yeah. Uh, at the same time, then there's a, the bigger question of, you know, put COVID to the side. What, how much should the government be able to influence, shape, you could say demand mm-hmm. from the church and their yep. community? And what's the politics of all that? And what does that look like and mean? And that's a really big question right. because this is probably not the last illness that's going to hit America, yeah. you know, and it's certainly probably not the last hot issue that puts church and government in tension with each other. Yep. And I think that, um, as pastors, we've got to kind of wrestle with what does that mean? Yeah. And, and what do we really believe about that? And what do we really believe about religious freedom? Yeah. And what do we really believe about the role of government? And what do we really believe about how those things play together? And we haven't really had to wrestle with that before, um, but it, it it appears that the clouds are rolling in in a way where we, we have to start thinking about some things maybe we haven't thought about in a long time. Of course, church leaders through history have had to think about them for sure. And what's so, our and what's our relationship as a pastor with the local authorities? Are, are we waiting yeah. until the crisis hits before we reach out to our local authorities, or do right. we have an ongoing relationship with them? I know whenever it all started hitting in Oklahoma City, I'm talking to the mayor. Uh, I know, I know, and I know not every pastor has their mayor or their governor's cell phone number, but I talked to our mayor. I talked to the governor, and um, and those weren't relationships that happened when COVID hit. Those were relationships that I had made efforts to build relationship with those individuals before any crisis hit so that when a crisis does hit, there's relationship there. And so I think it's important for us to be, whether, they're, whether they follow our code of ethics or belief structures or not, we as leaders can reach out to our leadership, our governing authorities, and try to build relationship if for no other reason than to have influence over them instead of them always having the influence over us, are we doing our parts to build relationship with people who don't even believe what we believe uh, to show them what Christ's hands and feet look like? So I think, yeah, I think all point. of those things are important. I just add one more yeah, thought please. there on the COVID side. And that's this, that for our church, we said our main focus is going to be reaching out to the community. Now, we still want to reopen and have services when we can, but our but the top of the list right now is to reach to hurting people. And I think that when the church sees that um, and responds that way, then what happens is you earn your right to speak. Yeah. So when the church is doing food drives to help people who don't have food, doing That's blood right. drives to fill up the blood bank, um, uh, uh, supporting first responders. So like we had teams go out to local hospitals and say, you're a first responder. You have to be here. We'll run errands for you. That's good. We'll pick up your dry cleaning. We'll go to the grocery store. 
we'll, we'll, we'll help take care of you while you're taking care of our city. Yeah. Uh, we want to pray for you and your family. You know, when the church is outward focused like that, then you earn your right to speak yeah. and you're not just speaking in a vacuum. And I think that, that, um, that churches that have that mindset and operate that way, you know, there's money in the bank for these kind of moments where, you know, you need to raise your voice, you need to say something, you need to talk about it. And you, you, you earn your right to speak by serving. That's exactly right. A servant can go anywhere. Yep. And that's so and that's good. important for all of us to remember. So good. Hey, as we uh, wrap this up today, we're, it doesn't seem like it, but we're approaching 40 minutes on this, but uh, I could talk about this all day. But one of the ways I'd like to close is to give the guest an opportunity just to kind of say something to encourage people in the ministry. You know, it could, it could be a, a senior pastor. It could be uh, an associate pastor, whatever role, but just something to kind of part with to just some, something that it would encourage them. You know, maybe it's something you said to your staff recently in an all staff or something, but just something that you would say uh, to encourage the body of Christ um, today as we, as we kind of wrap up either one of you have something on your heart that you want to go or, or you like, I need a few more minutes to decide. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, Go ahead, I, Ethan. So the thing that I've kind of held on to, because obviously there's chaos, there's so much that's happening, it's changing every single day, and there's so much uncertainty. How do you have peace in the midst of this? So a verse that I've really held on to is Isaiah 26, 3, where it says, in the new living, you will keep in perfect peace yeah. all who trust in you, yeah. all whose thoughts are fixed on you. Hmm. So I would just say, make sure your thoughts are fixed on him. Make sure you're trusting him during this time. He said he will build this church, and that means during the pandemic. It means yes. when things are going great. He's going to build it during both of those times. Yeah. And I actually feel like in the middle where it seems hopeless, that is a time where we can actually see a great harvest. We can see change happen, and people may be more open now than they even were before when yes. things were great. Yes. Just saying, hey, we can't base our life on circumstances because it can change in a moment. We can base our lives on something that's eternal. And I feel like the more churches are able to focus on the 167, because most of the time we, we've said the church is, the church building is closed, but the church is always open. Like we are the church, yeah. um, but they come to the building maybe one or two hours a week. If we can get them focusing on their time outside of the church building, I believe we'll be able to have an impact that lasts, um, that lasts and makes a difference. And it's a ripple effect for generations to come. If we take and seize this moment, and see it as an opportunity for God to move in a special way because he's still moving. We just have to make sure we step in where he's moving and continue to ride that wave and what he wants to do during this time. So I'll just encourage you in that. You can have peace yes. in the middle of chaos because peace is based on Jesus. It's not based on our circumstances or our situation that's happening around us. And I know we preach it, <laughs> but right. so many times it's hard to actually live it. And I think we have to show, hey, this is what it looks like to walk it out because people are looking at you to say, hey, is this real? And if you can have peace now, um, it, it, will, it will speak volumes to people about what it means to have faith in Jesus. That's so good. And it's so true. A lot of times I'll say, you know, it's it's really easy to preach about this, but it's a lot harder to live it. And pastors are humans. Mm -hmm. And so we struggle with the same things, you know, so that's, that's so good. Uh, Pastor Ethan, if people want to follow you, um, I'm not asking you to give your cell phone number out. Please don't do that. But if people want to follow you, check out Gateway Houston. What what's some of the best ways they can follow you on social media? Just kind of give us a give us a directive. Yeah, our website is gatewayhome.com, or they can follow us on so Instagram. It's or Facebook. You can find us there. Yeah. Gateway Home 
And, and that's for the church and me personally, it's Ethan M. Fisher on Instagram. That's probably the place where I post the most. Yep. Um, so that's where I'm connecting with people. Awesome. Garrett, what are your final thoughts, my friend? So I just say two things to any pastor who's listening. Um, I just encourage you now is a time to connect with other pastors. If you feel lonely and isolated, let me just tell you something. There's another pastor down the street from you that feels lonely and isolated. Mm. Pick up the phone, call them, and you know what? Talk over the phone, pray for each other. You be the one to reach out to another pastor or two or three pastors in your area and connect with them. So I just encourage pastors, now's the time to to reach out to uh, another pastor. And then for every leader on the call, I just say this, uh, like Paul said, I think there's a great and effective open door in front of us. Everything that can be shaken has been shaken. And for people who don't have God, their job's been shaken. Many of them, their health's been shaken. They know someone who's been affected by COVID if they haven't been or family hasn't been. The, The media is shaking them for sure. And so when you think about it, everything has been shaken. And I think people are more open to the message of the gospel now. And it's an open door. The door is open now. Now's the time to, to ask to pray for somebody when you're in line at the grocery store mm-hmm. or to uh, share about Jesus in an effective and positive way with the people around you. And like Ethan said, if you have that peace, then you're going to stand out because so many people don't have that. And where should they be looking for it? and people of faith. They should be looking for it in Jesus. And so we can share that with people. So uh, for pastors, build a relationship, make a call, connect with somebody, for leaders and everybody else on the call. It's a great and effective open door. And uh, let's, um, let's see God be glorified and the church be built through it. That's so good. Garrett, thanks for being my friend. Ethan, thank you for being my friend. Garrett, if people want to follow Grace Church and you kind of tell them how they can, how they can do that. Okay, so the the website for the church is mygrace.com, mygrace.com, and then um, Grace Houston TX on social media. And then for me, uh, I'm Garrett Booth, G-A-R-R-E-T-T-B-O-O-T-H on Instagram and also on Facebook. Two R's and two T's. Hey, thank you, you both. Love you both. Um, cheering you on. Um, so excited for what God's doing in your churches and through each and every one of you. Um, I'm honored to be your friend. For those of you who are listening, thank you for listening. Um, hey, help help us spread the word on this thing. Uh, you can share this this podcast, text it to a friend, email it, text it to another pastor, encourage your pastor. If you're listening to this and you're a congregant of a pastor, of a church, send this podcast to your pastor. Um, give us some love on social media. Give us a give us a like. Um, give us a comment on whatever platform you're listening to this. We love you, and uh, we are praying for you and your ministry. And thank you for listening. We will talk to you very soon. Welcome to the Church Intention Podcast, powered by the King's University and Gateway Church. This is a place to have healthy conversations about areas of tension in the church and the intentions of the church. To dive deeper into the conversation and for more content, visit churchintention.com. Now let's join the King's University president, Dr. John Chastine, for this episode of Church Intention.